Our jargon term for today is conditioned reinforcer. I know, doesn't it sound like something you put in your hair uh, that makes it have no split ends? That's what I always used to think about, conditioned reinforcer. Uh, that's not what it means when we're talking about autism. So let's take a look at our actual definition. Conditioned reinforcer, a previously neutral stimulus, do you see why we do this? That now functions as a reinforcer because of pri uh, prior has been pairings with one or more established reinforcers, sometimes also known as a secondary or learned reinforcer becomes a reinforcer forcer through these pairings. Say what? What you talking about Willis? <laughs> I have no idea and I know what a conditioned reinforcer is. Uh, this is why we do this. So you're hearing somebody talk about how they're working with your child maybe um, and they're saying well you know we're using a conditioned reinforcer. We uh, want to understand what it means. So let's move on to our working definition and see if we can get a handle on what exactly are we talking about. Condition reinforcer is something that now functions as a reward because you repeatedly paired it with an item or activity that your child already loves. Now, we have the term child in there, but it's, this could be anyone. Right? Uh, the, I think the thing that when, when we hear about conditioned reinforcer, if you know about Pavlov and Pavlov's dogs, this is a conditioned reinforcer. So what you're doing is you're taking something like this pad of paper that, you know, this is not a big exciting thing to anybody. Nobody is going to go, woohoo, a new short pad of paper. Um, I'm willing to do something really difficult for this short pad of paper, right? They're just not. It's not that exciting. Maybe um, for a very specific reason, somebody might find this exciting but let's say that I have no other choice but to make this pad of paper really exciting to somebody uh, because think about it if you, you know homework for our kids homework is not woohoo right but I have to make it exciting enough that they want to do the homework and do well at their homework so that they're getting good grades right so you're taking something that maybe doesn't from the outside doesn't look like it's exciting and we're now going to pair it with something that is exciting um, now, we can, we can pair it with a primary reinforcer like food, or we can pair it with something that the child um, finds exciting or the adult finds exciting. So here I've got my iPhone, and a lot of kids really like an iPhone and find it very reinforcing. So if I want to make this pad of paper really reinforcing, I'm going to pair it with the iPhone over and over and over again. And how do I do that? Um, you know, I might say here, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, draw something on this piece of paper. And if you do, I'm going to give you the iPhone. So I'm making a connection in the other person's brain of this piece of paper. Whenever it shows up, the iPhone shows up and I want to have it be, you know, directly as together as possible. So it can't be draw something on this piece of paper in a half an hour from now, I'm going to give you the iPhone. That's not going to work. It's got to be pretty immediate, if not at the same time. Uh, same time even better and I pair it and I pair it and I pair it and I pair it and I make sure that the whole experience around this pad of paper is fabulous 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 and I might have to add other things not just an iPhone but I'm, I'm pairing it with all kinds of wonderfulness because eventually I'm going to start fading the iPhone out of the situation that maybe we just begin with the iPhone and, and the iPhone goes away and we're just working on the pad of paper or maybe the iPhone comes in a couple of seconds later but I begin to have this separate after I've established, established, established because over time, and it may take a year, right? It could very possibly take a year, it could even take two years but over time, this pad of paper 
is as reinforcing or close to being as reinforcing as the phone was, if I've done it right. Now, why? Why do we want to do that? Because there's a whole lot of things, especially for our kids on the autism spectrum, that don't, aren't meaningful to them, um, like making eye contact. It just isn't meaningful to a lot of our kids for a long period of time. So we have to make it meaningful. And how do we do that? We pair it with something that is meaningful to them. Or um, how about speaking? So many of us uh, want our children to be able to speak. And if there isn't a physical reason why they can't, um, then we know that if we pair speaking with something that's reinforcing, we're going to be more likely to get to it and more likely to get to it faster. I was talking with somebody last week about the power of bubbles with a child who is preverbal. Oh my goodness, because they find the bubble, we, you know, we're pairing the two of them together, they find the bubbles so reinforcing and we're going ba, 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 which is one of the first sounds that we make. And we find that if we keep going ba, ba, ba with the bubbles, if we pause eventually before we blow the bubble, the child will start to make the motion with their mouth of ba, 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 and eventually we can coerce those sounds to come out. So think about things right now that for a student or a child in your life that you go, oh gosh, I wish they would care about this. Maybe it's personal hygiene. Uh, you know, maybe it's other people's feelings. Uh, you know, maybe it's about picking up their room. Uh, maybe it's about being polite and, and, and being warm with people and including in that making eye contact when they're giving them salutations. If we really want to take something that is not exciting to them and make it exciting to them, we can do conditioned reinforcement, pairing it with. By the way, one of the first things that we um, do, because our kids a lot of times are not reinforced by praise, is that we pair positive things with praise. A lot of times people find it very weird being around a child with autism that's getting intensive early behavioral intervention because there's a lot of praise involved going, yay, that was wonderful, yay. And it can make other people uncomfortable, like this doesn't feel real, this doesn't feel like, but we're trying to get praise to the point where it is reinforcing enough. So we're pairing it with good things, heaping it on because eventually we're gonna, maybe you know we're, we're giving the child candy and praise right because we're trying to get the praise to be reinforcing so that eventually we can fade the candy out now we're praising and they're finding it reinf uh, reinforcing and eventually we'll e even uh, dial down on the praise so that they're not having to be praised every single time um, and we'll go to that sort of slot machine mentality where maybe every fifth time we praise them right because it's enough to maintain it but super duper important if we want to make something reinforcing, we pair it with something else. Pavlov and the dog, eventually he did the bell and the dogs, because they were so trained and conditioned that you ring the bell, we get food, that eventually he rang the bell and their bodies reacted. They salivated as if the food was coming. So that's conditioned reinforcement. And it's a very, very powerful tool. By the way, this does work on animals. This does work on adults, on and off the spectrum. This would work with all of your significant others. This works with your boss. This works with your employees. Pair things with other things so that they will find those things reinforcing. It's powerful, but you gotta know what you're doing.